Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Space Can Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. I'm Batman. Are you? No. Are you really? No. I love Batman. (coughs) Everyone's got something. Everyone's got something, I think. Hairballs. So many people are sick. So many people. I'm still sick. Our guest, Travis, is still sick. Speaking of guests, we have two of them, and they've been here before, you guys. Joining us from, wait, where are you guys again? Where are you all located? Uh, I'm in Seattle. Seattle. I'm in, uh, this is Eric. I'm in San Francisco. Oh, okay. So from Seattle and San Francisco, it's Travis Baldry and Eric Schaefer. Of Hello. In Rebel the morning. <laughs> you guys should do a, a morning show, totally. That would be. So still... not to totally sideline everything in the first 30 seconds, but oh, have, you seen, have you seen Computer Show? What's that? It's basically. Do you remember the Computer Chronicles back in the eighties? They played oh, on yeah. PBS. Oh it, yeah, 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 cheesy eighties. Yeah. So just imagine somebody made that show with the exact same production values, <laughs> like it's made in the eighties, but all of their guests are from now, what and none of the co-hosts know what the heck is going on. That's the general <laughs> is gist. It, is What's it parody it or are they serious? <clears throat> it's called Computer Show. No, it's hysterical. It's computer just it's like show. Computer Dot Show. Computer. And it's got, you know, all the cheesy PBS sponsors at the beginning. And then at the oh end, there's a guy in a questionable beard sitting in a black room in his very 80s chair talking, you know, oh in, in very deep tones about, you know, what the societal impact of all this will be. And then he kind of awkwardly slips in the, the sponsor blurb. Oh, God. It's amazing. Anyway, you guys should do that show. Oh, We're doing it right now. So they've actually got like I'm well, looking at the pictures. Show. They've actually got like the suits and shit. Oh like, yeah, yeah, and it's all got that VHS kind of crawl to it, but it's super oh, authentic. Oh my god! And then they had like the they had like the co-founder of Reddit comes on. Oh god, I love I love this one guy's like tweed brown three piece suit standing next to like an Apple IIe. It's amazing. Oh my god! Copyright 1983. Oh, <laughs> I found my new obsession. This is amazing. <laughs> Well, welcome back, you guys. It's been a, a little over a, about a year, I think, since we had you on last. Sounds I right. Lost the concept of time, but sure. I think so. I think we had you on about last October. And if I recall correctly, the game was not that far uh, ahead at the time. We have to have announced it, right? So it has. You to- just announced it, like. So- a week before, or like three days, or something. We had a lot of a lot of stuff left to do at that point. Yeah, but and, and you had the first out in the wild copy of the game. The I know, first. I'm still giddy about that. But you got it done in a year. We did. How? We're still here too. We're still alive. I know. So here's my here's my overall hard to answer question. How did you do that? Uh, force of will. Just <laughs> yeah, just, just brute brute force. Mostly it's uh, Travis. He's a, he's a genius in these things. I'm really good at not doing things that I don't have to do. Because it's it's funny. I spent most of the early part, early versions of the game just flying around one solar system. And I was so happy to do that. And then I spent most of my current session flying around the first solar system. Well, it's my like, it's so Oh, there's a mission. Oh, there's a distress call. Oh, there's a signal. It's just, for me, it's the perfect carrot and stick Type. It, it's it's got that perfect like freelancer privateer one more mission yeah or run vibe it's a zen space game it really is it's relaxing like oh i just get a mission done i'll save and i'm done good i'm done you know it's great it's a zen well, space game. 
That's what we were hoping for. So. And, and, <laughs> it's kind of the it's the Rocket League of space games. Uh, no. Hey, what, the multiplayer. It, will you be putting in a multiplayer <laughs> soccer mode? Because that oh, would oh, really God, be. No. Instead, multiplayer like gambling game. <clears throat> I'm still wondering how they got multiplayer and freelancer to work with because it's a. I mean, but you, they didn't have the random universe generation that you what guys was the had. Player counts on that too. It was like. A, was it like a 30 max or something like yeah. that? Yeah. I've been well, on servers. Wait, with Freelancer? Like, I, yeah, yeah, like 32, I no, think. No, no, no. I was on a server like last week that had over 100 on it. Whoa. Yes. They modded that open. I feel like it was less at launch, but it's that been game a has been long modded time. That game has been so modded. It's been so good. It's been a long time. Somebody was asking me why we didn't do that, and I was like, well, mostly it has to do with just pure projectile counts because we have like, you know, the when you add the broadsides and all the turrets, it starts to get really crazy really fast. Uh, if you can if you can fly around in a ship that has like twenty broadsides aside and I don't know what sixteen turrets and turrets can fire and I don't know four or five projectiles a second, and you mash all that together, it's like it's it's so many projectiles. It's a stupid number of projectiles. I can't even imagine how it came that synchronized. Which is I guess why. Games like Eve don't let you, you know, blind fire your weapons, and there's lots of beams and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. How do how do you run around and like kiss that many projectiles sixty times a second? Like, you, it's a lot of projectiles. Yeah, I mean, it's like a, it. it's a bullet hell kind of thing. It's are you Japanese? Now imagine there are thirty people all doing the same thing, but not really next to each other in the same solar system, and it gets really bonkers really fast. Oh, I can't even imagine. Jesus Christ. You Drag just, your conga just, lines of ships together and see how it goes. It doesn't go just, very well. Yeah, just 30 people. Just 10 people. Because there's so much shit flying around in this game. In any particular <laughs> fight, there is so much shit flying around. Missiles and mines and, and all kinds of crap. Now, one thing I have to say I love about this game, you made the mining beams into viable weapons. And not only viable weapons, fun weapons. I, little beams. I love I love them so much. I can't imagine using anything else. They're just like I just love seeing them power up. Like oh, someone's gonna get sliced and diced. They've got, that, they've got that warble effect. They're right right before they're about to fire, and you're like, oh yeah, here it comes. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, I could just never when we were when we had it as just mining lasers. I could never sacrifice a whole turret just to mine asteroids. So we turned it into actual weapons. I think it was a good call. Yeah, they didn't work very well on ships at all at the beginning. I think they only really worked well on hulls. Like, so if they had shields, they were pretty much worthless to start uh, with. I'm really glad you guys changed that. Yes, we I, kept trying to come up with some way where you could mount them that was like some other thing, so it wouldn't like occupy a weapon slot. But it just. But what what good does it do shooting an asteroid with a mining beam versus I just pull out a big laser and shoot the thing because it's going to break apart anyway, right? Do I lose? So um, uh, they can lock on to the asteroids for one thing. Yeah. Um, and also, if you use uh, fault detection software, it'll and you pulse, you'll get little weak points. It'll show you red rings on the surface of the asteroid, and it can lock onto those. And if you destroy it by shooting a weak point, you get like triple or quadruple yield. Oh, well, that's pretty good. So you get a lot more. And if it turns out to be good stuff, like rare stuff, then you get like a high yield of rare stuff. Oh, we have a question from the chat room. What? Can we? I mean, you guys just launched like. 10, 15 days ago, but someone's already asking for DLC. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the Christmas DLC. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's not the first time you've heard that. 
Not at all. Sure. No, people always ask about DLC or people want harder systems. People want harder systems. I would like systems. a cockpit view and fuzzy dice. No, I don't and, want a cockpit uh, view. Killing me, Smalls. <laughs> killing me. <laughs> that and carriers. People want to launch. People want to launch fleets of carriers. That's always that's the pretty much Ooh, the constant. Or drones. Why about Dr- carriers? Can we launch fighters? Drones. Drones would be after, fun. After our little discussion about how many things are flying around. Just add more, you guys. It's just like you can only you can only have like ten more drones. Why not? Just add ten more things with their own projectiles. With their own projectiles. Yeah, a lot of these things like gameplay that works really well in like strategy games. If a character in a strategy game, it's not that big of a deal if it launches fighters, right? Because the carrier has AI and you don't really control it. So little ships go flying out of the bay, and that's not a big deal. But if you launch ships out of the bay of a ship that you're steering, and then you turn right, what happens to all the ships that are still launching? Oh, they all bang against the side of the carrier, and it's a big friggin' mess. And since you don't take control of the wave, like so many of these concepts just don't work when you actually steer the ship. Um, well, no, you learn to you learn to slow down and drive in a straight line when you launch those things, or you lost them. Oops. It's like it's like it turned sideways and they all slid down the slid down the deck. So for for your next trick, um, we would like torchlight. Three in space. No. Blah. Um, no this is that? No, no. I mean, I mean a game like that, but in space. Well, that's um, what you mean. So, you how know, would you do that? Would you have a guy in a spacesuit running around asteroids, jumping? Like, how yeah, would wizards, you? man. What? Space wizards. Space wizards. Space? <laughs> I was actually making a very similar game back at Blizzard right before I left. It was it was codenamed Starblow because it was Starcraft Diablo. Oh dear! Star blow. You would land, you would land a <laughs> ship on on planets and just do like away team missions as in like little torchlight dudes. Hmm. Oh, and well, then you what? Know, you leave the planet and fly around. Oh wow! There you go. Yeah, this part be the spaceship part, and then you land, you beam down, and it's like a Diablo torchlight well, there, part. There is a PlayStation That's Four DLC game that just came out a few months ago that is kind of Diablo on planets, right? And it just kind of oh, randomly generates that- stuff. That's from the Magicka guys, right? I forget what that one's called. It's called I Don't Have a PlayStation, so I wouldn't know. I do, but I don't have that game. What's Rogue? Rogue? Fuck, what the hell is that shit called? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but I know the game you're talking about, but that you don't. I don't think you fly the ship around in that one. I think you just pick on. I think you just you're like, oh, here's a map. I want to go to that planet next. Boom, done. Beam down. You know, I think that's all that is. Yeah, just not too interesting for us after all that Diablo, Torchlight, and Fate stuff. <laughs> We've made those games too long. Yeah, that's, uh, like a do- that's like a fucking dozen games or something almost, right? Yeah, well, you know, the 20-year cha- career. <laughs> yeah, the, the ditch is well dug, too. People have you know their expectations of exactly what those games are at this point. It's oh, like, you're true. Just, oh, I'm just checking off the list. Got to make sure we have some sort of globe with some health in it. And you got to have <laughs> some sort of thing you can use to regenerate. And you got to have a skill tree. and you has to, But it can't have too many passives. And you probably need to synergize these skills somewhat. And all the skills have to be, you know, anyway, you get on a list of things that pretty much have to be in these games now. So what are you guys um, going to do next? I mean, we haven't had, a, like, a good bowling game in a while. Um, yeah, space bowling. Oh, let him yeah. rest, you got. Let him rest, damn it. I mean, no, it's just it, really- well, my hands are still full for a while because I got the console versions to get out the door and they're oh, in, yeah. like, pre-certification so we- right now. So pretty close to getting them into cert to go out the door. And, you know, it's just been – you have post-launch tech support. I kind of forgot what it's like not to have a customer service department because it's been a long time since I've done this without one. 
Oh, like, no. a, like a decade. And uh, uh, so, you know, there's a lot of that for the first week or two. Well, oh, my most, gosh. Most people I know are very positive on the game. I mean, there have been some complaints here and there, but for the most part, I've been very happy to see just such a great response. Yeah, I think it. Did, I think it did well, and I think people in general really liked it. I just am in the position of myopically looking at the tech support forums, and I don't look at anything else. So, go oh. into the world right now, at least for another you know few weeks, where you know it kind of tapers off. It's nowhere near as 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 there's not as many people coming in at once, going like, "Oh my gosh, I I don't know why this doesn't work on my Intel HD." Or, oh my god! I can't, I can't turn everything on on my Intel HD. I, I saw one guy on a forum. It was like my save game got corrupted. I hope PC gaming dies in a fire. I'm like, what? Oh yeah, well you get all kinds of fun stuff because if you turn off your Steam and you force kill it, or you shut your machine off while it's Steam cloud syncing and you don't wait for the dialogue to go, sometimes it can trash them. And also, like uh, some of the antivirus scanners, if you leave them on, they'll quarantine saves. Like, oh no, just and just like remove them. So I ended up adding like a backup system to try and take care of that, and I keep refining the backup system to take care of new ways that people can get screwed up files. And, well, yeah, because you don't have uh, multiple save states, right? It's just it is what it is. Just the one, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. there's no save scumming that can go on here and stuff. So and that's the general intent, you know, is that it's you just exit, and when you exit, it saves where you are. I mean, there's ways to kill it and and avoid it by just killing the task. But well, I want to go back to something you said a moment ago about the blue ball, the blue vial of health, the red vial of health and the blue vial of mana or whatever. Um, Basically, that's one thing you didn't carry over from Freelancer, which I have to say I liked. Yeah, Freelancer had that kind of sort of MMO-y feel, the way that you used like the the nanobots to heal, kind of. It was kind of Diablo where your avatar was, it was kind of Diablo Diablo where your avatar was the ship. Yeah, it had a lot of of those things in it. Yeah, Um, which which actually caused me to dislike the game back when it came out because I Oh really? Like, yeah, cuz I'm like why does this game have this mechanic where I'm chugging health potions in a space? <laughs> I know. Right? But I like how this game doesn't have that. So you're like, okay, I can't win this fight. I'm going to limp back to a station and hope nothing else happens on the way. Oh god, oh god, oh god. Yeah, and your ship is no one attacks early on fire. And <laughs> yeah. you know, I like that. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I love we that. tried to make a clean break from that from the RPG stuff. There was a you know, early on, we thought, oh, we should we should have modifiable uh, laser turrets that have basically gem slots in it. And you kind of ran through all those ideas, <laughs> but we just wanted to make a clean break and try something completely new, uh, just to make it more enjoyable. Yeah, we totally had stuff we didn't put in, but most of it was not like more ARPG stuff. Which yeah, a long I'm, list of things that we would have put in, you know. But I'm spoiled with this game now because. It's like I, I spent a long time playing this, and then my buddy dragged me back, kicking and screaming against my will, into Eve Online, oh and God. and I'm playing Eve, and I'm just I'm wishing that I could like wake up in a different universe where Eve controls like your game, and it's not happening. So no. that was really I was a big Eve guy, and I and I always just wanted to can I just fly the ship? I love everything about the world and the universe. Uh, but you just, I just want to blast away at things. And uh, I was one of the big influences to get it started on this thing. Well, the, and the other thing about it, right, is like I'm trying to build a ship, and it's paradox of choice, right? So you give me, like, I, I dock in your station, and it's like, oh, I can upgrade, uh, you know, my, my engines. I got, well, you know, engine one, two, three, four. 
I can I can do that and I see how much it costs and what the benefit's going to be. Great, this makes sense. But whenever you open up like the giant frickin' database in Eve and there's 10,000 ship parts and they're all like subtly different from each other and I'm just like I I can't I just can't process that. So either I look on some website for like, okay, I, I bought this ship. What's the best build? <laughs> you know, what should I be going for? I let somebody else figure that crap out for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the part where the game is like a, an unscalable cliff to me. So I just I that's one of the things that I really like about this game is that I can dock and I'm like, oh, cool. Here's some upgrades, and it, and it's about as as difficult as like playing Gran Turismo and upgrading your car, right? So. I think one of the main and most difficult parts of game design is boiling down information into a way that it can be consumed. I mean, in almost every game, there's information there, and it's just how do you expose it in a way that people can consume with as much attention as you want them to consume it with. I mean, we spent a lot of time fiddling around with you know, when and where different parts showed up because the lists for us got too unmanageable, too. If, we, if you really showed everything, it was actually a huge pain in the butt. <laughs> Huh. Even even for our smaller subset of stuff, I mean, we don't we don't have anything like the scale of Eve components. Now you have Mark One, Mark Two, <clears throat> Mark Three, and the differences between those are pretty stark. But we don't show you all of them at the beginning either. I mean, and they all no. get kind of banded out by difficulty, and there's other weird little rubber bandy stuff in there that checks what the level of all the things you have is, and kind of like bend the rules for what a station can offer, and just well, trying to get the right mix of things for you to be able to consider. Well, that and you don't have a complicated interplay between different components either. So, no, so it's not like... How you it know, draws power from System A and what it's going to do to System yeah. B. So, yeah, I, just, that's I nice like simplicity with, with good gameplay. I don't, I don't so much like the overcomplicated, you know, you need a PhD to play the damn game thing. So, so it's good. And the nice, the nice thing is there are games for people who want that. If people want EVE... And stuff they have Eve. If the people want this or Freelancer, they have this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they can coexist too. I, I still play some Eve, but then sometimes you come home late Saturday and you're drunk. You can't play Eve. <laughs> you can go blast spaceships all day. <laughs> oh, and it's and the spaceship blasting is so satisfying in this game. Well, when you when get, Travis was talking about you know, hey, we can't do because I I was the one that asked you about the multiplayer thing and you gave me the explanation like about a month ago, um, but you were you were like, well, there's so many bullets and everything and and that, and I was like, well, I don't know, you know, I'm having these fights and stuff, and then I watched some people playing on YouTube that were like advanced in the game far beyond where I was, and then I was just like, oh, <laughs> that's what he's talking about, so yeah, yeah, there gets to be lots, it, it escalates lots. quickly. Um, but when when you have like ten star destroyers on the screen slugging it out, you know it's it's a little different. Um, so I, actually, I was kind of surprised at, at that that it scales up as big as it does because you know it's it's kind of like I was comfortable. I'm like a little space trucker, you know, cruising around. We originally had it thing. scale up a lot faster, but it was too much to process early on. I mean, we when the initial prototype builds were a lot more big ships earlier. Mm. So, um, partially because, you know, we were just making them and making sure it all worked, but partially because we're like, oh, well, it just gets you right into some big old, you know, movie space battles, but it was, it was too much to process. So we kept rolling it back and rolling it back and boiling it down to where the very first mission, you don't have to fire a shot, but we give you an option to, uh, and then the next mission you shoot some crates, you know, yeah. So just to get people time to, to acclimate to the fact well, that it didn't really control the same as stuff that they were used to. 
Well, that's also good because I, I get the feeling a lot of people, I, I feel like people who are playing this, a lot of them aren't tradition, typical space game fans. Well, that's kind of the hope, right? Because, yeah. you know, I, I, I like space games and I, and I want people who like space games to like it. But, right. it, you know, one it's of the reasons I think that drug. space games kind of fell out of favor is because they didn't, in some ways, broaden themselves to other people. Right. Yeah. Um, and all those people still exist and still want to play space games. All the people who originally it's like it's like flight sim fans, right? Previously, flight sim fans were a huge portion of the audience of people who own computers, and they're still there. Probably yeah. the same number of people, but there's a lot more people that use computers. Yeah. And they don't want to do. De- they don't want to deal with. Oh, I have to do what to turn the engines on? Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of value to that, and I think that kind of game. There's nothing wrong with that kind of gameplay at all. Yeah. But there's other people who are doing it, and there's no way we were going to compete with them. You know, I, right. I we're not going to get into the, we're not going to have kind of the the real galactic scale and sort of grandeur and precision of elite. You yeah. know, they've been working on that thing for a long time, and that's kind of the that's the direction they went. And then oh. you've got Star Citizen, which is like everything. So when and we're when not going to do that either with our two man team. When, do, when so, does the Planetary Landings DLC come out? Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> That'll be the... <laughs> That's very unlikely. What do you do, what do, you do on the planet? That's, I don't know what I would do on the planet. Uh, the same thing you do in a space station. It's just the exact... Just just, I don't like walking around on like, space stations like either, us. actually. I don't, I don't like you, walking All you do is go to a bar or miss your computer. It's the same exact damn thing. I'm a big believer in abstraction myself. You know, I, yeah. I I like old RPGs where you're like an icon on a map, and it doesn't take me an hour to get to the other side of the damn map. That's abstraction. That's that you know, it brings the fun parts closer together. Right. Yeah. Um, so let me tell well, you about I, what if I can't walk through a streaming world from end to end. Doesn't mean I actually want to. So uh, tell you about what a friend of ours is doing because he's doing a Let's Play series of the game, but he is completely and purposefully avoiding the main quest line. Right, so yeah. so he's just uh. like I'm gonna be a space pirate, and off I go, and so that's okay. the life he's living. But does it uh, does it restrict you f- to that? Do you hit any kind of walls where it's like, okay, now you can't progress because nope. if you'd have done the quest, then you'd have the widget that you need to survive the thing, and so you don't put any walls up. It does not. You can buy a jump drive and head off and. You know, kind of progress at your leisure. You can finish the game as a pirate too, if you want to go. You just not like you have to be good to win. Hmm. Um, but what's so, the win state? Is go, there like a thing that you do at the end? You don't have to. There's spoil a story it. end where it ends. You know, and then you can say, okay, well, I'm done with the story, and then I'll motor on. Okay. I mean, in large part, the story is just there as a backbone to to push you around and to put characters in front of you that give flavor to the world. Right. You know, as much as we can afford to do. Mm. Right. Um, which is kind of how it worked in Privateer and Freelancer yeah, too, right? Exactly I mean, it's just how it worked. Yeah. There's not that much story in those games. No. You know, it's like 13 to 20 m- big missions, and they introduce some characters, and they go away for a while, and then they come back. But it's mostly just this little goal goalpost for you as you go through to say, "Oh yes, I am advancing," and "Oh, there are other people here," and this is now it feels a little bit more like a place. Yeah, Privateer was a lot more subtle about it than Freelancer. Freelancer was like, you actually had levels. Oh, I'm level yeah. 11 now. Hey, yeah. by the way, we need you over here. Hey. <laughs> yeah, Privateer told you in the manual what you needed to do to start the story and stuck you in a backwater and you fussed around for a long time trying to get something that wasn't that the Tarsus. And uh. eventually you went through a lot of really dangerous places until you finally went to whatever it was that was mentioned in the manual. I can't even remember the name of the station. And then you kind of started the story. 
Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, see, I, I got my ass kicked by pirates before I could even get to the point where I would bought the jump drive and could get out of the first system. See, the t- I t- keep telling you, over. the Tarsus knew you hated it, and so it like didn't help you at all. It was a charmingly clunky thing. It really was. It was the, it was the Toyota Yaris of spaceships. It's I go exactly. back and look at it now, and I'm like, God, just tell me how much this. I couldn't. I can never remember how much the Centurion costs because it's always what I would go for. It was like a hundred. I don't know why I'm thinking a hundred. A lot of money. Five thousand credits. But when you buy it, you lose everything because it trades in all the value for all the other equipment. So you're doing this mental math, like, oh my gosh, how much overage do I have to have? And the guy will never tell you how much it costs. He just says, you don't have enough to buy this. (laughs) (laughs) That is one thing I love about this game. It's like you buy a new ship, all your shit comes with you. Yes, that is nice, and it all fits. Makes sense. It all fits. Like you, they have universal docking collars for everything or whatever they want to call them. It's, it's and no penalty, no price penalty for buying and selling. You can just pick something up, try it out, go back to the old ship, or try something new. It's, it's kind of it's kind of a lazy way to make a game, but I, we, at times we thought we'd probably build in a buy sell penalty. No, not lazy. It's called streamlined, Eric. It's... That, I'm sorry, streamlined. <laughs> we did get a we did get a buy sell penalty on the uh, the commodities at least. Yes. Well, that makes more sense because those are those are commodities. That kind of makes more. For some reason, that makes more sense in my brain, at least. See, just just not having a penalty on the components is just like um, it's advanced work to prevent people from asking us for a buyback option because that's inevitably what happens. Oh God, really? Oh, can I? Can I, I didn't want to do that. Can I? Can I have a buyback option? And then you got to come up with a buyback screen and all this or stuff. Or a way to preview the the way. I can just try it out. Plays. And yeah. this way we don't have to mess with it. It's just like, yep, no, you don't really need it. Just you didn't, you didn't lose anything. <laughs> well, it's it's nice because you can you can buy some stuff, take off from the station, shoot the guns a little bit, be like, yeah, that ain't working out. Land, change your mind. So yeah, I'm I'm totally down with that. So that's how we got it done in a year. We did things that required way less work to achieve more or less the same objective. <laughs> But but it makes sense. One thing I love that you guys did that issues the uh, privateer model is you had the guilds, which I love because that's one thing I loved about privateers. You had the guilds, the merchants guild, and the mercenaries guild. But you also have guild specific ships, which privateer did not have, and I really like that a lot. Yeah, we wanted to have you some sort of you know factiony reward. I mean, we would have loved to do even more. We, when we early in going, we talked about having like station fealties where you could do stuff for the station, and it would. You know, that sounds like perfect station benefits. That sounds like perfect DLC. Do the different guilds actually have any kind of storyline unto themselves? They don't. Okay, because that—that's the thing. There's some side stories that you get into after the after you leave the first system, depending on how you've aligned yourself. uh That are optional, but there's no guild ones. Yeah, because have you have you heard of Skyrim? I don't know. That no. sounds familiar, but, but okay. I don't know. So, well, little, just little ditty called Skyrim. A little, little bit. So um, Alex playing through the thing and, and where he says, like, hey, I'm just going to blow off the story and I'm going to go my own way. And that's how I play Skyrim, right? It's, it's just like I, I played through the story once, but I can replay it a, a hundred times because I'll go and just be like, oh, well, this time I'm going to be this kind of guy and go to the Dark Brotherhood. 
right? And and the next time I'll go to some other faction and, and kind of do their yep. things, right? Um, so, like, Rebel Galaxy 2, that would be pretty cool if there was multiple, like, not grand story that arcs through the whole thing, but just pockets of story that's, that was that's Skyrim. sort of that in this one. There, there, there are basically two. Mm-hmm. You know, we would have done more if we had Skyrim budget, but um, well, you once do now, you leave rich, the first dude. system... Yeah. I mean, it, isn't, it don't... Because Metacritic, um, if you get like a high score on Metacritic, you're rich, right? That's what I was told. I don't know. I mean, this chair is solid gold, but okay. Because I, I don't know. I mean, it, well, you got like a nine nine, right? So you didn't really get a ten. So we, no, we didn't get anywhere near that. We got a no, I God, think we're no. at seven seventy six or something on Metacritic. What? No, because every review that I saw was just like gushing about the damn thing. Yeah, so you, gotta, you get people who reviews. didn't really want a space game, or they wanted it to be bigger, or they didn't like our 2D plane. I, I, our user score is a lot better than our than the critic scores, but critics were hit and miss. See, that was that the the 2D thing is what is really confuses me, because like there are a lot of great space games that were just 2D. Freelancer, 2D. Starfleet Command, 2D. I mean, 3D. All the top st- down ones, yeah, yeah. Well, look at Homeworld. Home Homeworld is 2D. Uh, well, well, you know, you we're really cutting them out. We removed that extra dimension to save some money, honestly. It was <laughs> it was all about, you know, we really – I don't think people deserve that extra dimension. Yeah, but but if you look it's at all these much. games – because I, I was talking to James that's that's making um, uh, Shallow Space, right? Because he, he has the same issue that everybody that's made a 3D space game. Like we had Paul on here last week that's doing Void Destroyer 2. All these guys, they, they – you're trying to plot coordinates on a 3D space with yeah, 2D mouse, and it could be maddening. Yeah, and, and you just you know you don't you don't control depth, right? So you're clicking an infinity, you know, at some x y coordinate that's on the screen. So 3D is just such a pain in the ass. And then it if is. you talk to people, um, like well, we had Martin on here, uh, you know, with Homeworld and stuff. Um, and, Martin Gorillas. You, you should really yeah. try better explain who you're talking about, Jim. Okay, so Martin... People don't know who these who, people... They don't know who these people are. Y'all throw out last names. Yeah, come on, all these game developers know each other. No, they so, don't. <laughs> but but anyway, so yeah, Martin, who who wrote the script for Homeworld 1 and 2. Kerberos guy yeah, from and, Kerberos. And also uh, made um, Cataclysm. Sword of the Stars. Yeah, and... Sword of the Stars. Yeah, well, Sword of the Stars is another thing with a 3D map that's a pain in the ass, right? So... But he said that whenever he went into the playtesting and he's watching people play the game, nobody used the 3D. Like, everybody played it like it was on a tabletop. And and he's like, we busted our ass putting all this 3D in there, and then they're just playing it like, you know, tabletop game. We're all like cons, stuck in two-dimensional thinking. Exactly. So This, so is, all, this is Homeworld you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I always played that almost completely 2D. It would frustrate me when I had to... You're just transitioning between levels of planes. You know? Yeah, yeah. And when oh. they're fighting the ships, kind of they do a little bit of angling when they go down to the plane. But once they hit the plane, then they level off. Right. And they're like, all yeah. treating it as a 2D plane that they are engaging on. Yep. Yeah, and and I just ran into a problem with this with 3D crap recently. There's a game called um, Sarah's. I'm just gonna say what it is. And I was supposed to scan uh, a thing, scan a, rel- a derelict space station. But it was like below me, and because the fucking UI was not that great, I couldn't get to it. I couldn't fucking get to it. I had to actually use a follow command, right? The funny thing is when I followed it, it got stuck on it. It's like, fuck 3D. You know, 
God damn. Fuck yeah. Me. We also had, we had a hard enough time filling out our little galaxy, our 2D galaxies full of stuff to see. 3D, there j- it would just be a lot more blank space for the most part. I mean, no one complains that Star Trek barely talks about 3D. No, no Star Trek never does anything 3D no. except that one time. And it's a big exception. It's yeah. a huge exception. Like, and then they never do it again. They never like, do it again. That was a pain in the ass. Let's like, you watch again. the Dominion War on Deep Space Nine, and you're, they're all, like, hitting on the same plane. They're like, you're in space, guys. And they're like, we have to get through. Why can't you just go up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. It's really hard to do a three-dimensional <laughs> blockade. It's a yeah. sphere, which is really weird. Yeah, exactly. How did like? But on everything, Star Wars, Star Trek. If a planet's blockaded, it's just around the equator. That's that's the blockade, just around the center. Like what? I think people though they cockpit style games definitely make sense in three D. But that's a much smaller scale, so that's fine. Right. But I, I think they're oh they're used to cockpit or they're watching Star Citizen videos or something. So the, and then they see uh, wait you guys are in two D all the new ones are on three D you know it's like it's a no, slap in the face no slap they're not in the face. they're not all in two D three D that's what, oh god yeah <laughs> but it's certainly certainly not because I well there are other space games besides those two you guys seriously. <laughs> Many, many others right now, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. You know, it all works out. I think people who play it and, and try it will probably come away like it. We have a pretty good uh, Steam like player score, and people seem generally pleased. So, yeah. you know, that's one of those things where I think you just have to try it. And now that we've done it, you know, if we were ever to make a sequel, people would be like, oh, well, it was like that other game. <laughs> what were you going to say, Jim? Oh, because you were talking earlier today about how you looked at like the number of games that have released this year and it's yeah. more space games this year than we had in the sweet spot of the 90s. Yeah. So it, I mean, it's all I mean, it's like we're having more space now than ever. There were partially, more Partially that's cuz there's more of all games coming out. Everybody's, this is true, but still, I mean for yeah, a while is, this is this is the space time. It's amazing. It's it's really amazing cuz for a while, you know, we didn't get anything. For like 10, 11 years, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, just, it's just incredible that we've got thir- relatively 30 decent space games released this year. That's, that blows my mind. Too many games. <laughs> <laughs> that is a problem, though. That to, the, the discoverability. Well, when your job is to play them all, then that's a real problem. But because you guys, seem to, you guys, I have no time. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> now, how did you guys do so well with the discovery thing? Because a lot of games, a lot of developers we talk to, that's one of their big issues is discoverability, especially on places like Steam. You guys um, didn't seem to have that problem. Is that because of your your lengthy background? Well, I, I think we we haven't really reached a saturation. I think we could still appeal to a bigger audience. I, I talk to a lot of people who have no idea what the game is. You know, even oh, though yeah. it's been out for a couple of weeks, uh, even though it's right up their alley. But I think I think we did pretty good. On a couple of reasons. One is uh, we really pursued a bunch of streamers to try to get streamers to play the game on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, gave them the game a couple of weeks early and just said, "Have at it." And uh, I think that paid off for us. So I'm sure that a lot, of, yeah. a lot of those contacts, and then that gets the word out a little a lot. Uh, we also leverage, you know, our our torchlight and history game history a little bit 
those are hard to do. Nobody really cares about your story much anymore, though. So I think proof in the pudding by by the the streamers is what kind of. I think it also helped that we had a couple things that were pretty instantly recognizable. I think it was easy for people to say, "Oh, it's Firefly." game or it's a cowboy bebop or whatever we had we had a couple of hooks i think that made it easier to recognize yeah i think the music played a big part too that that whole yep. blues uh however you say his last name saraceno saraceno yeah and, and i think having characters helps too a lot of space games don't have characters well that that was the thing like in the very first teaser trailer right is is because you had like the the two alien guys yep. that you meet first up in the game and and it was like ah, that's pretty cool right because the one guy the one guy's kind of like tentacle frog looking guy. The other guy's kind of greedy, you know, and, and it's like people kind of identified with that. So then it's like almost like they were the mascots of the game. Cause if you saw those guys, you knew, all right, this rebel galaxy, that's that thing that I saw. Cause after yeah. a while, kind of spaceships start to look like spaceships. There's I kind of I, I like how your early spaceships look more like trucks. I, I do. <laughs> I do appreciate that. Because we, more, we truly long for Euro Truck Sim in space. Yeah. That's what we want. <laughs> I was, well, that's kind of what Elite is in a lot of ways, right? Oh, go ahead. When Travis first kind of weathered them that, to, to look like they were kind of banged up. I said, hey, these look like Tonka trucks in space. So I've been thinking about the, the – it does feel like trucks in space. They're kind of these heavy metal chunks. That's why I like the 3D printing idea. Yeah, so I have, a, I have a, a title for the next game then. See, see how you like this. Star Truck. Star Truck. Yeah. Well, I think we've got to capitalize at least on what we have. We've got to go Rebel Galaxy colon Star Truck. <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm not sure Lulu. I love it. Let's go you space could call it truck. Star Truck Beyond. Let's and, go space trucking. And cash. Come on. The, Come on. Because you know they're doing a new Star Trek, right? Yeah, I heard they were doing one that's like behind a subscription wall kind of thing. Well, the first episode they're going to put on regular TV, and then if you want to watch, if they want to watch the rest of it, you got to sign up for CBS All Access, which apparently is shit right now. Wait a minute. No, I thought I thought it was like they're going to put it on the CBS thing, but it's also going to be on TV. Nope, it's not. The first only watch it. Only the first episode, and then every episode after that is on their six dollar. Not very good. Only on a few devices so Pirate far. Bay. Service. Pirate Bay. I mean, it's only on Chromecast and Roku and yeah. and no PS3. That's what I have. No, no PS3 app. Like, come on. Mm. So many people use PS P, PlayStation. So, for so what they're trying Sorry. to do is buy. They're they're trying to surpass Game of Thrones as the most torrented thing ever. <sighs> right. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Because like. they're <laughs> they're going to create that. The element like people that don't even know where to go and how to operate that are going to learn because Star Trek is buying a paywall. So, so, oops. so I have a couple questions from various um, sources. First, uh, any idea when the console versions are going to be released? Any, any we don't have a precise date yet. We're in pre-cert right now. Hopefully, we'll be done with that by the end of the week, but we can't say for sure. Mm. Um, and that's where we have gone through with Blitworks and checked and made sure that when it does go through certification it won't immediately kicked out because we did something stupid um then we schedule the cert with sony and microsoft and then however long that takes but not having been through that process i don't wait I don't can that know. happen you just like get kicked out of pre-certification because, of because cert, there's a checklist of things that have to work that oh. have to be met you know like uh 
if you know used to it was really arcane things like when the xbox like well if you remove the thumb drive that they're saving their game to you have to pop up this one specific message and it has to do this thing and they have a long list of of things that you have to do certify Hmm. so you try to make sure all those things are done and then you kick it into the process at one end and they do all the checks if it passes you're done if it doesn't they send it back and say oh well here's why you failed certification and then you rectify that issue and you go through the process again. Mm. Is there a lot of platform specificness to that? Like I know the PlayStation streaming thing and the Xbox streaming are different animals and probably that's well, on the checklist. The streaming, right? Which helps, but I mean they're all to a certain extent platform specific because you know, like the Xbox controllers have like that roaming profile thing that they do which is very specific to them and they've all got their own achievement systems which are all, you know, different. Mm. Oh. Um, so the but the main game, right, the you know the bulk of it is it easily yeah. portable to both consoles, or did you have to change a whole bunch of stuff at the core to get it's it? It's basically go? the same game. I mean, it's the same game. Well, I mean, but as far as to get it to play on the platform, is it? Just you know? more about optimization than anything else, because we designed it so it would work okay with a controller from the beginning. So mm. it was really just about making sure it ran well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess it's like uh, back in the era of like Xbox one and or X, or xbox 360 the original and xbox no, the, the, no oh. the 360 and the ps3 right so the ps3 had that like a motion engine chip weird thing it was a completely non uh 8080 you know x86 yeah. architecture right it's a lot more and standard then, now okay a lot more standard um yeah, because they all use P- they also use PC architecture pretty much, right? Yeah, it's it's a I mean it's a lot more standard. There's differences in the way that the graphics memory is handled, and yeah, but the Xbox you know is basically got a different shader model on the PS4 and the Xbox One, but the Xbox One shaders are pretty much the same as DirectX 11 shaders, and the renderer is real similar. Hmm. Um, and the PS4 is different, and its shaders are a little different, but they're still pretty close. Mm. So it's it's nowhere near the nightmare it probably used to be. But when when you're dealing with different shaders, is it just like you invoke them uh, with a different name, or is there actually a difference in? I have shaders? different data files for each one. Uh-huh. Um, so I maintain I think oh my god, five different renderers and four different shader sets mm. that all basically do the same thing for OpenGL and uh-huh. uh, DirectX nine, DirectX eleven. Uh, PS4. But it's almost like Xbox you can just search and replace it, right? <laughs> no, not necessarily. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which it was. But it's, again, it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be. Oh. See, if you made this in Unity, don't you just hit a magic close. button and it just, like, craps out every version? I have no idea. But I'm, I don't know. I wasn't ready to switch to Unity. That's yeah. a lot of work for me. I'm old and set in my ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the one good thing. Like, everything else about it's a bad thing. But the one good thing is you hit one button, you get a Linux, a Mac, and a Windows. And a, and an also, you can yeah. play in a web player. But, you know. but that's the downside is it's a web player that has been turned into a platform for the desk. And there's been some amazing – I'm always amazed at what people do with Unity. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just. I'm I've been a programmer too long, and I'm not used to working with black boxes like that. Yeah, black boxes. Like, there's a lot of the, you don't. A lot of it is not stuff you can look at. You put something in this end, and Unity does stuff, and then something else happens over here. The code oh. of what Unity does is opaque to you. So, you, really, you have to kind of you need to you have to have a, a vague understanding of what it's doing to take advantage of it, and that's always a little weird. Yeah, so you, you sacrifice a lot of control and optimizations right out the window. And, and you can pay to get access to that source, but it's, I think, a lot of money. I did not know that. Wow. 
Uh, we also had another question about how the launch went and how it's going, how the game is doing now. Uh, it's doing better than we expected. It's going well. So, um, was it a smooth launch? I mean, I saw you went on. Uh, it's on Steam and GOG. Yep, it was pretty smooth. I mean, you always have bugs after launch and mm-hmm. hardware issues or unforeseen stuff. But compared to stuff that we launched prior, at least for me, it was it was pretty smooth. It was a lot of work, but smooth overall. Now, would you say uh, which platform would you say of the two was easier to use? Is easier for you guys to use? Is, is Steam or GOG? Just to have curiosity. Oh man, you're gonna you're gonna make them mad at us though. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure we can even legally say. Oh really? Well, you can't even sure. say which one is easier to use as as a developer. Well, I'm I mean, not gonna push it if you can. I'm just I was just curious. Steam gives you better control, uh, more immediate control. We control our own patches and things, whereas we have to work through. GOG to, to do theirs. So I, I guess in that sense, they're easier to work with or, or quicker to work with. Um, so we have more direct control on Steam because it's a service that they built out that way. So with, with think, GOG... I think Games is heading that way. But. Well, with GOG, right, because I've done stuff in Steam, right? So you just you push the thing up, right? You run you know, yep. Steam command and, and it uploads. And then you go mm-hmm. in there and just say, okay, this, this repo, make it live. Bang, it's yep. done. Um, with GOG, do, do, you, do you zip it up and email it to them and say, "Hey guys, whenever you get around to it, put this in." <laughs> yeah, we we FTP it to them and they and and then they put it up and then they maintain the patches. And now they have Galaxy, which I think lets you sync to any one of those patches you want. So they're obviously building up a service to do a lot of this stuff. Yeah, they are, and they're great. Yeah. You know, it's just a different it's just a different process. Yeah, because we we got on Gamersgate and it was a similar thing where it was like you know. Not hey, me, him. Here, here's this, please. When you know, when you get around to it, please update. You so. should specify who you mean by we. We, just, just... me. Yeah, you, not me. I had nothing to do <laughs> with and, this. Me and mine. The royal we. I wish that I had nothing to do with it. Anyway. Um, oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> All right, so uh, I do forget this, and so someone in the chat asked, which engine are you using? So it's a, a real messed around Ogre 3D engine, which is what we were using at Runic. And it's been kind of, obviously it's had some, some big changes since Ogre does not support the PS4 or the Xbox One. And it has oh. a redone material system and streaming system because the game streams. And it's got a, normally it's it's got a weird 64-bit positional handler because space is big. And you have precision issues if you're trying to render that. Um, right. Anyway, it's it's messed around a lot. But so, it, yeah, it's it's what we ma- it kind of made Torchlight with, and that's what we were most comfortable and just the quickest way we could just jump into action when we started that. Yeah. I knew the renderer and I knew the engine and what it did for resources and everything else, and we had some some basic tools for doing like data handling and like graphs and stuff like that, and. Um, all those made it a lot easier to get off the ground because I didn't have to spend two months, you know, figuring out Unreal or or whatever. More than two months, probably. Right. Uh, well, it's it's a gorgeous, gorgeous game. I mean, someone uh, Astro Man in the chat mentioned nice job on the nebulas, which is true. The, they're all cloudy and funky, and I love the lightning that sh- shuts your shields down. Um, that is that is really just it's just a gorgeous game, and it's so Thank smooth. You. It just runs like. Butter. And that I, was one I, of the benefits of doing the console versions early. Oh, really? Optimizing for the consoles, you get a lot of you get a lot of benefits back on the PC side. 
Yeah, because there were some. I, I was in a few huge battles, and and there was no slowdown whatsoever, no stuttering at all, and and with just tons of shit on screen. Let us have a pretty good minimum spec too, because it really will work on an old crummy Intel HD, you know, with everything turned off. But I mean, at least it works. Oh, good question. John Warrior in the chat asks, any ideas you would like to implement into the game after you take a nice break that is obviously well-deserved? <laughs> I think uh, we, we really haven't gone into too much planning what to do next. I think we're less likely to do, like, trickle-out DLC than to do some big-ticket items. You know, we're more we're more big, big expansion or, big, or sequel kind of guys than DLC guys, just, uh. just the way we think. Uh, we have a, a million ideas that didn't go in, uh, but Travis and I haven't argued about which ones should go in if we continue on yet. So we, we really don't almost know anything. We're not trying to be evasive. We haven't even discussed it between ourselves much. Yeah, yeah there's barely been any mental space for it. <laughs> I'm sure, but I would totally love to see like an actual full blown like expansion, not not just like oh this ship is ten dollars and the ship is thirty dollars and. No, no, I I would much rather see. Uh, do, you, do you mean this ship is five hundred dollars? We'd probably do a sequel before we would do a real expansion. If we were oh, really? If we were oh. going to do something like that, because then we then you don't have to support everything else. It's not like, well, how can we make this work with everybody's current save game and everything that they've got? Oh, I That's like That's a it. lot of work if you're going to do anything interesting. That makes sense. And it I also limits you to the audience that was in the first game. You know, if people didn't like things about the first game, and we rectify them. How are we going to get them back? We're not. So when so, you guys when you guys were talking about, you know, like it's it's like after Torchlight, and you're like, okay, what's our next game, right? And, I, and I'm sure that like the first thing wasn't, hey, let's make Rebel Galaxy, all right? So like, what what else was in the air? Like, did you have like some things to choose from, and you and you picked this? Like, what were the other things that were floating around in your head? No, it it was Rebel Galaxy. We uh, it wasn't uh, called that. But. <laughs> but we did know that this is the game we wanted to make. When when Travis called me up and first mentioned it, he said, hey, why don't we do that space game idea? And uh, so it was the first phone call we had even creating the company. We, we decided to do the space game, mm. uh, which turned into Rebel Galaxy. I mean, it was a much different concept at the time, but uh, this this was what we intended to do from the get-go. Okay. So how, how, how long was there between your last project and this one? Well, from starting this one, it was like seven, what, seventeen months to ship it. So that was like what April of last year was when we started. Uh, well, well, I mean, like you finished Torchlight two, and then well, we finished Torchlight two, and then we had months of Torchlight two post release support because we had uh, the editor and we did like Steamworks stuff mm-hmm. for like the workshop, and then we had a vacation, and then so it was probably. I feel like it was like six or seven, six, six months mm. between kind of shipping Torchlight Two and starting on this in its ultimately aborted form. Yeah, it didn't it didn't live that long. So the uh, uh-huh. whenever you're doing post release support like that, especially for Torchlight, because you put a bunch of crap in there that you know it's like I bought the game day one, you got my money, and then you spend like six more months cranking out stuff that really doesn't pull any more money out of me. So was yeah. it about like catching those the last couple sales out there, or like? Well, you know? I mean, 
from a purely business perspective, when you're doing like the Steam Workshop stuff, that's just keeping people invested in your game and interested in your game and keeping it alive, which theoretically means that you sell copies for longer or more copies for uh-huh. longer, right? I mean, just supporting things is, is usually, I think, good business. Yeah, well, it, well, that's the thing now. I, I think Steam has has kind of created that environment more so yeah. than anything, where it used to be, you know, you bought a game at retail, what was in the box is what you got, and then there might be a patch on like a PC gamer CD someday. Hmm. Uh, that's yeah. that was about it, and and now it has become a thing where the public expects that you for at least six months are going to continue to massage this game, you know, or, or whatever in it. So yeah, it's it's an interesting thing like that because you know you do the bulk of your sales in the first two weeks and then like whenever you know you go on sale or something you get it again but but it's kind of like in that in that trough where you're not really doing a lot of sales is then when the additional effort goes in so i i'm I'm just kind of asking that you know from a business sense of of thing you know like other indie developers listening to this it's like i guess you have to expect that you're going to do that if not for residual sales there but to prime the pump for the next game, because then your audience knows, hey, these guys actually stick around and support the thing for months. Yeah, you got to definitely, yeah, you definitely have to support it, and you don't want to have a reputation for like flopping stuff out there and then just leaving it there to die. Um, and there's a limit to how much that we as a two-man team can like add. I mean, I think that people, some people will have an expectation. Oh, well, there'll be a bunch of DLC, and you'll just release scads of ships and new missions and stuff. And we we can't do that, partially because we have actually, after we get this stuff shipped, really do actually have to start on another game. Whatever it is, whether it's a sequel to this or a different title or a something, because we're not a larger company that has people who go fallow in between projects. Mm. You know, it's not like, oh, well, we finished this one and then we'll uh, we'll noodle around and have a vacation and do pre-production, but there'll be other people, you know, still churning along here at the company. Well, that's kind of we what vacation, DLC. There's nobody else doing anything. <laughs> well, that's kind of what DLC was born from, right? It was it's like, hey, we got a bunch of artists, we don't want to fire them. What can we let them do? Yeah. It was, yep. it was artists and designers can now you know productively use their time and 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 they're not just sitting around on their hands. We're never going to really be in that position. Yeah, but with some companies, EA, uh, it's become the actual business model. It's like the yeah. game costs a hundred dollars. I, I know you're only paying sixty up front, but really this game costs a hundred bucks. And well, and game prices really have not gone up. No, is the thing. It, and I, I think, think it's they talking about DLC inflation. Uh, yeah, but I'm, but overall, it raises the overall price of the game. The game costs sixty bucks, right? But it really costs a hundred dollars after you get all the things, right? <laughs> right, but because you, you can't charge a hundred up front. That's that's madness, right? And and it's like in a market where the prices are descending, you know, because like the indie space and everything. Well, you guys, you put this out at twenty bucks. You're nuts. First off, um, <laughs> but the, well, and of course we had people who were like twenty bucks. That's kind of steep, you know. Maybe I'd pay fifteen. Well, I guess maybe, maybe I, ten. You know, yeah, you'll always well, get it. <laughs> you, you get them the first time it goes on sale, then, right? Because you know the people wait for that. But by the way, do you do you have visibility, right, of like how many people wish listed it, right? So is there like a ton of people waiting in the wings? With the, I haven't just, looked in ages, honestly, and I don't know that can, there's a. I don't, can you I don't see remember. that? Oh, you I don't remember it. if you can separate it out from what they did either. Oh. I can't remember. Because I hear developers yeah, I talk about that. They're like, yeah, I got like a million things on people's wish lists, you know. So Yeah, we didn't we did not get a million wish lists. You know. <laughs> I wish we had a million wish lists. <laughs> That's a lot of wish lists. Well we should buy this for everybody that we know for Christmas. And then... <laughs> also it's sort of our, our almost mission statement though, is we don't want to just chase the dollars and try to figure out the best business arrangements. 
we're, we're just we're in this to make fun games not to not to well we'd love to make big money but we're not we're not scheming on what the best little price schemes are right now we just want to make a good game at a fair price and just keep it simple right but it, well the, the reason that i ask about the other stuff though is because you know it's like you you uh you hit the prize here right like this this is awesome um so we don't have to really worry about that aspect of things so so it's kind of like what advice do you have for the other indie guys you know that about the business end of stuff is kind of mm-hmm. what I'm, is just what overall business like yeah make, I think... like making a game or yeah is it just like just make? don't do it is that the it's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work yeah, um, I've got a lot of friends, and they and we all talk to each other, and the, our circumstances are all just so different. Our skill sets, and uh, what size of teams, and what scopes we want to work. I, I don't think that we have great advice uh, <laughs> for anybody, even people I know very well. Uh, we we argue about what we should do. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if people should model themselves off of us. Yeah, well, well, I mean, you know, it's it's the thing about you saying, well, we want to make the quality game first off, and we're not chasing after the dollar, right? And, I, and I'm just saying, well, I wanted to talk about the dollar because we, you know, we know that you made the quality game, <laughs> so so that, that that's where that was coming from. I mean, you don't have to right. see that further, but you know, but it, it's sure. just like that's where that line of question was was about. Um, so, yeah, uh, what has nobody asked you yet that you're like? <laughs> surprised because i can't think of anything that i would really want to ask so there's got to be some glaring omission this is like i can't believe nobody's asked us about whatever i'm trying to think through my cold addled haze let's see well, while you're thinking of that i have two questions from the uh, chat room to uh fill to fill the void while you're thinking of that um first is was how difficult was it for you to settle on the 1990 19 well i guess 20 for the game, I mean that seems a little obvious because Torchlight they were all twenty. It's, I think it's just a magic price, and I think there have been a lot of studies where people have looked at you know revenue and units and prices, and there is there's a weird little peak at twenty dollars where it's people's like I don't really care, I'll buy it. Price. Um, yeah, that is true. Like there was there was a game that there was this really neat looking roguelike four X thing that came out. It looked really neat, and I it like hit all my buttons, like procedural generated roguelike, forex strategy. Like I was, it was like seventeen ninety nine. Like okay, sure. As soon I'll as it, it passes above twenty, there's yeah, I think there's some mental yeah. warning goes off. Like oh no, this is the big bucks now. Yeah, yeah well, and also not impulse buy territory. That's this. That's. Uh, did you guys do a discount on launch? I mean, I didn't have to buy it. Cause our- yeah, yeah, we did a we did a ten percent discount. So okay. it was like oh, two whole dollars but, off. It was but amazing. you know what? <laughs> this is my point, though. When you're twenty bucks, okay, and people are like, ah, twenty bucks. I don't know. And it's like, oh, we took a dollar off. Oh, nineteen. Okay, right. I think some it, of it's just like, well, they don't have to feel bad that they didn't wait for a Steam sale. It's like, well, it was on sale now. I mean, it's it's almost a Steam sale, right? Right, but it, but it's it's just the the idea that you've got a good deal on it. Well, it's like why it's like why the price of gasoline is a lie, right? It's like two two dollars twenty cents and nine tenths of a cent. It's not. Is it that 21. cheap where you live? It's two fifteen here. Yeah. Are you holy kidding me? F- where do you live? Holy I'm, fuck! I'm in North Carolina. This is the most taxed out state other than Hawaii. So holy fuck! Yeah, we're pretty well. We're pretty heavily taxed on our gas. It's like two ninety here. Well, we're smuggling it in from Mexico. Actually, the... we're closer to wait. No, we're closer to Mexico than you are. What the fuck? I don't. Know. 
We're way closer. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, like 215 is what it was. I filled up on the way home. Oh, my God. That's not fair. It's been hovering there for a couple of years, too. Like What? It was like 450 pushing toward five bucks. And, and then the 2008, the economy did its thing. And it, like, fell. We got it down to, like, a buck fifty here. And then it what? climbed back up over two, and it's been hovering what? around two twenty, two forty. Fucking California. Yep. And you can't have a Volkswagen in California anymore either. So. <laughs> I have no idea what it costs because I don't even have a car anymore, so I don't pay attention. Were you one of those bicycle guys? You just. I am indeed. Ah, I see. So I saw a desk accessory. It was like so you can sit on your bicycle at your desk at work. That sounds so uncomfortable. That's not going to happen. No. <laughs> It's like, you can ride your bike while you work. No. Yeah. So Astro Man is asking, how did you stimulate interest? We kind of touched on this, but how did you stimulate interest and what was your marketing plan? I mean, you already mentioned the streamers. Well, what sort of led into the streamers, too, is we did a couple of trade shows. We did the, the PAX South and we did a PlayStation experience last December in Vegas and so those, you know, we just set up a little tiny booth, two machines, two uh, TVs, a uh, little 10 by 10, and we just demoed the hell out of the game to everybody who'd come by. Uh, mm-hmm. And streamers came by, so that's how we got a lot of the, a lot of the early uh, interest from streamers. Mm-hmm. And, and just it's, a, it's also a great way to play test your game, watch, watch what people are screwing that's up true. and everything. Yeah, so that's how, I think that's how we just kind of kicked it off a little bit. We did whatever press we could. Nobody was super interested in, you know, two guys making a space game. Uh, so Whoa. there weren't a whole lot of stories. You, you were, you guys were there for us. So thanks for that. So uh, we're also we're also tiny and very niche. So the <laughs> very yeah. super focused. And we did the two trailers. Um, I think those worked reasonably well. Great trailers, yeah. by um, the way. Fantastic trailers. And they served to get you know some press and clicks. Um, but when we were released, we really only had I think one Metacritic score that was even on the board. Because and we'd sent out the the game like two weeks prior. I think it didn't help that it's kind of long to finish, longer than we expected it was going to be. Yeah, I mean my Let's Play series is about three hours, three and a half hours long, and I'm still in just the first system. It that seems to take choice. most people minimum like like six hours. Some people take eight or fifteen to get out of the first system. We think it takes most people about thirty to forty hours to finish the game. Yeah, someone um, told me that they, they finished it in twenty, which seemed fairly. Twenty is on the real is on the real fast side. Twenty yeah, to twenty four is like the fast side. But, but I mean, if it you... wasn't that long, then people would be like, "This game's too short." So you you know you, you can't. Well, win and it's that. way longer than any of the Torchlight games. Where the first Torchlight, I think, was probably six hours maybe to finish, and the second one was probably more like twelve or maybe huh. fourteen. Hmm. I had no idea. So I so I know I know how to fix this. What you need is Kate Upton, and we get like a thirty-second TV spot. Yep, that's and, our ticket and, to big time. And you will make a million dollars a day. Did you see the guy <laughs> who just took some Kate Upton like fast food ad and put like a picture what? of their product on it? They're like, "I'm gonna give a Kate Upton ad," and so they took a a clip from a Kate Upton like food commercial where she was paid to be shilling some fast food when they put their product name on like the box. <laughs> They're like we're gonna have a Kate Upton. We're gonna have a Kate Upton trailer. <laughs> hey guys, so this on that note, I'm gonna have to cut my involvement short here. I've got my ride to dinner is leaving, and he's he's pissed. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Eric, thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, thanks for having and me. Congratulations on the success of the game. 
Thanks much. Hope to talk to you guys again. All right. Oh, you will. Especially if there's a sequel. Don't worry. Okay. (laughs) We just like to hang out with you guys. We don't even care if you got a game. We didn't have much of an agenda here. It was more just, you know. Do we ever have an agenda? It's like, there's a game. Let's talk about it. Okay. There's other shit to talk about. Sure. Yeah. Uh, So so I could ask Travis Stewart. So what else have you been playing? <laughs> That's a funny joke. That's a funny joke. I Someone did Fallout, ask what your favorite sh- vacation. Someone did ask what your favorite ships are. Do you know I, what they are? Sturville is my favorite ship. That's, uh, that's the, what someone else it, said. That's what someone it's else. It's the said. one you get at the Mercenaries Guild after ranking up a little bit. But that's my favorite. I think that Eric likes the Barracuda. I think that's his favorite. Oh. And both of us like kind of the mid-sized to smaller, faster ships. We're not dreadlock, dreadnought flyers. I'm probably my next shift's probably going to be the Scarab because I love turrets and I'm just gonna just gonna put so many mining lasers on that thing. <laughs> well, anybody because, that's ever listened to you talk for more than five minutes knows you got turrets. Uh, you... uh, <laughs> uh, oh wait, no, that's because you're from Philly. Never mind. Anyway, well, I should probably roll off here pretty soon too. I need to get some tea. My throat's about to go. Oh, that's 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 fine. We've been talking over an hour. Um, someone in the oh, chat said they're for their. Yeah, I know, right? Someone said uh, their first playthrough was over f- about forty hours. That yeah, it seems like, to be like that. That seems like the long outside, and that is a really good amount of gameplay for twenty bucks. It's pretty good for twenty bucks. I feel good about how much we crammed in there for twenty dollars. You know. I would I like. Did, I, I would did like, a good job packing stuff in there. I would like to see some art, like some fan art, for what a yik yak looks like. <clears throat> because I've, <laughs> oh, I've yik, always yik wondered. Yik yak milk. Yeah, like what the hell does a yik yak look like? Is it like a <laughs> six-legged moose with a lot of hair? I'm ask Eric on that one because that one was Eric's name. I don't, That's actually I don't that'd be a fun contest. You should do that. Like, give us some yik yak art. The best artist wins a cut. Copy of the game or something yeah. like that. No, or something gonna, like I'll that. talk to our social media expert about that. Yeah, that could be a fun need, contest. I need some Yik Yak content here. <laughs> <laughs> or Space Yik-Yak. Cows. We, oh, yeah. That Don't was – yeah, Space Cows. Right? We haven't talked about that in about a year. So what? is the cow level in here? What's going on? Cow? I'm afraid there's no cow level. Uh, no cow Okay. See, the last time they were on here, I, I was giving them hell about See, it. See, I didn't make but, Diablo. I'm not obliged to add cow levels. Uh, I was not at Blizzard North. Oh, very nice. <laughs> I've been out. But you were there well, for the Torchlight stuff, though, right? Well, since Travis is losing his voice, and I'm kind of losing mine, actually, we're just going to wrap this up. We've been talking over an hour. That's a good length for a podcast, right? Actually, most of our podcasts seem to go to an hour and a half to two. So this is actually kind of short for us. <laughs> I apologize for that. No, no, you're sick. Don't even worry about it. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I sounded like this. <laughs> yeah, but and that's a bad. And this is this is kind. Oh my god! Yeah, I sounded so terrible. So, Something is going around because I I it, America. Yeah, it's weird. Something is going around. It hit you. Like I rarely get sick, and I got hit hard. On this I'm ready for this to be over. <laughs> I know, right? I, I've had this for a month. It's like, God damn it, this cough. How much phlegm can a human body have? Jesus Christ. Yeah, so I I do want to point out though that the uh, the most prestigious uh, website that I write for now, um, Tech Raptor gave you a nine point five. I know that was a nice one. I know it's it would have been a nice nine one. nine, but I didn't write it. But you know, I could. I don't really. give scores, but I tell everyone. That you, I don't give scores, but I tell everyone <laughs> that I told everyone I know that they should buy it and love it. Yeah, and 
and cherish it. So, but I am <laughs> I am going to talk about it over there, um, like because it's like they already reviewed it and stuff. But I'm I'm doing a, a basically like a space sci-fi game column that's going to hit. Um, and uh, oh, are you? Yes, You're I competing am. Competing with me now? Is that? Uh, how this I'm works? actually going to just kind of copy paste your shit. Uh, <laughs> and this, uh, okay, you know, that's fine. Slash R word. slash space just, games. Just so change your word. Just change a few words here and there, so it's not a complete duplicate. Because Google doesn't like du- duplicate content. <laughs> and then, uh, and then that's 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 fine. <laughs> Smack my branding on there. You'll be good. Um, <laughs> but no, no, it's like I want to cover like the, the not spaceship stuff. You know, mechs and powered armor and. Stuff. We still need yeah. to get Mech Game Junkie off the ground at so, some point. But anyway, yeah. uh, Travis, I want to thank you so much for thank you. the time. Thanks for having us both. And folks, if you're tuning in late, next week uh, we are going to have uh, what is that game called? Infinity Battlescape? Jim? Oh, that game I forgot we were going to have those guys. Yeah, on. we're having them on next week. Travis, um, you need to show up for that, man. <laughs> I'll yeah, I, I can like slip you a bill to that. I'm I'm sure they. You're so welcome to come back, Travis. Your voice is better. Just, just crash it. I've been. I should. I should totally have like a multi dev. We've never done that. A multi dev. Uh, Jimmy Stewart. Just have guest <laughs> guests for the past. <laughs> wow, tell me about this battlescape. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it pod crashing. What is this computer mm. thing of a jiggy? <laughs> no, that game really oh, is the computer behind a wall. <laughs> that 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 game is uh is really <laughs> something cuz it's cuz it's an indie deal, you know, it's a, it's a few guys making it. Um but they've got like all this like the stuff They've also been and... working on it for 10 fucking years. Yeah, but the, let's not but the... be like, oh, they're the second coming. No, they've been working on it for a goddamn Yeah, but they, well, okay. So like Derek Smart, they were working on it back on the Commodore 64. But um, on a cassette tape drive. You, do you know that actually he was making Battle Cruiser originally for the C sixty four? Whatever. Um, yeah. Anyway, all right, we'll let him get anyway, out before folks. He we're we're gonna let you go, Travis. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in, everyone. Thank you, Travis, for joining us. And send our thanks to. Uh, I'll, I'll email you guys, but send my thanks also to Eric for uh, taking the time out to join us, uh, folks. We'll see you next week. And oh, don't forget Thursday. Uh, if you want to tune in, we're going to try and flail about some more in X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. We're going to beat that fucking asteroid-based mission. I put out the call God to space, sense. Jesus, and if he shows up. We have to do it. He's in Norway or I know. some shit. He, and he's probably and he's not going to come. Yeah, he's just got his laptop, and he can't even game on that. can't even play it. He can probably play it on that, but whatever. So, folks, Thursday, 5 o'clock Pacific, we're the, the the barely triumphant return of X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. So we'll see you for that. <laughs> And then <laughs> I'm gonna hack past that mission. Screw it. No, no, don't do it. We have to do it on our own. You and uh, next week in Fiddly Basket. Thank you, Travis. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>